0: To learn more, go to tourpreneur.com slash Google. And as
1: always, show notes, more resources, links to our newsletter,
0: our business coaching community, and so much more are available on tourpreneur.com. Now to the episode.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Tourpreneur podcast. And We have an absolute treat in store for you in this episode. Today, we're going to have an enlightened and engaging chat with Catherine Morello the former marketing powerhouse behind Days Out. Now, Catherine will be sharing the importance of authenticity in a brand, but also sharing insights in terms of how you can tell the right story through storytelling, having the best team around you to then grow your brand even further, but also making sure that your brand aligns with your customers' needs. Catherine is well-versed in this. She has helped manage brands uh, in many, many companies like Days Out and Days Out with Kids, two separate companies. So she shared some really good insights in terms of how a brand is successful whether it's a brand of a business or a personal brand. So we hope you enjoy this episode. Hi everyone and welcome to another twopreneur podcast. Today I have been joined by Kathleen Morello who is who used to be the marketing director of Days Out and who has joined me on today's podcast. Catherine, can't thank you enough for spending the time with us. So for those who don't know you or, or know what you did in the past, can you just explain a little bit more about yourself and your background?
0: Yeah, thanks for having me, Chris. Um, so I have been in the travel, tourism, leisure industry for, gosh, 15 years. Um, most recently at Days Out, as you said, and, and prior to that, Day Out with the Kids and a range of hotels and operators um so my background really is is PR brand and marketing that's my focus and I basically help well tell people how terrible their brand is um just just kidding I don't I basically tell people how to figure out a couple of really important things around brand proposition um values tone of voice and then coupling that with the commercial goals of the business. So, making sure that the two aren't running in silos because that happens so often. I mean, you will have seen this all the time, Chris.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely, you know, it's, it's one of the, the aspects I think uh, a lot of businesses don't get quite right. You know, usually with, especially with the tour operators and the companies who, who listen to the podcast and watch, you know, they, they tend to fall into do being a tour operator or falling to the business that they're doing and, and they don't really think about the brand they just want to sort of earn a living get into it get stuck in and conduct experiences or whatever it is they're doing yeah, so i think you're right. I always think brand is one of those things it's always in, it's always in the back of their mind but they just never really act on it so
0: i think it just because people don't see it as a revenue a key revenue driver it gets left by the wayside or it gets considered separately um whereas done properly your brand strategy will be one of your key revenue drivers and I think what what I try and do is couple the the kind of creative brand risk taker with the analytical data-driven commercial head so that the two do work together
1: Mm, yeah and that sort of leads me on to my next question it's no no I've I've my background is in brand development and things like that as well. So I've conducted a lot of brand workshops in the past. Yeah. So I understand the sort of importance of like a case of brand strategy and, you know, having that unified voice and all the things that go yeah. with it. I'd love to hear um from yourself what you feel a brand should be and, and ultimately based on what makes it successful.
0: Yeah, it's a good question. I think the most important thing is a really simple one. It's authenticity. I think if you can't live and breathe what you have designed your brand to stand for, or you think your brand stands for, then you're going to come unstuck. Um, our customers are more savvy than ever. They're, they might be spending differently, but they still expect the same standards um, from a brand, whether that's from a customer service perspective or morally or otherwise. If you don't have complete authenticity and transparency in a brand then people will see that very quickly Um, customers vote with their feet they're very vocal they have numerous platforms online to be able to share negative feedback negative reviews and they will do that Um, so yeah I think number one is authenticity for example Um, obviously if you're a solo operator or a, a tour guide then your brand will have you personally woven through it. And that's really important. The brand should be partially centered around you and your values and your personality traits and what's different and special and unique about you. Um, if you're an owner operator with a team or a small business or even a large, um, organization, then there may well be a flavor of your style running through the business, um, But in that situation, if you're not a solo operator, the brand should be the people that you serve. So, and that's something quite often people overlook. What do we want the brand to be? What, how do we want it to look and feel? Whereas actually you should be asking, what do our customers need? And therefore, how do they want it to look and feel? Um, what, what matters to them? What problem do we solve? Um, how are we addressing their needs, worries, challenges, concerns that are relevant to them right now? So, I guess for me, in summary, brand a successful brand is authentic. It's full of personality, whether that's the the, the individual themselves or or the brand that's built around the customer need. Um, and that all comes down to knowing exactly what you stand for and what your customer wants, and and ultimately who your customer is, which is another big thing that people skip over all the time um anyone that says that cliché, oh yeah and everyone's my customer anyone who wants to travel anyone who wants to see the city and and it's not it's yeah. it's absolutely not um accessibility um eco credentials um price um age appropriateness um your market is not everyone it is a it is a core and then it might be a couple of other niches alongside that um which is another thing people tend to really skip over
1: yeah no it's, it's, it's music to my ears to be honest that's exactly how i feel um there's a couple of questions that came from that and you now one of them is though know, you mentioned having the, having the brand with, with basically telling the stories of people or the person or the people behind the, the business the team etc and for me, that's exactly where a successful brand is. It's not no. It's gone to the days where, no well, Apple put. I've done this really well. Gone to the days where it was all about the iPhone or all about the laptop yeah. or the computer or something like that. It's actually about what how that enriches your life and what you can do with it and the culture yeah. behind the business and everything else. So people tend to buy more into the culture of a business rather than the actual product or the service or the experience or whatever that would be. So it tends to be that's what they go for more than anything else these days.
0: Yeah, I'm so glad you brought this up. And this applies kind of um b2c with your customer um and the customer being the hero of the story so i really like the storytelling analogy that customer is the hero brand is the guide problem is the villain it's the obstacle that you help the hero over um and it works internally and externally so in that respect for your customer and then internally so few brands use their own people effectively now this is very different for for tour guides, they use their, themselves, their personas exceptionally well. But small, medium, large, especially larger organisations are so scared to put their own people in front of the camera. But that is the biggest, well, I would say one of the biggest ways to build trust with an audience is to humanise mm-hmm. the brand. Um, so I'm really glad you brought this up because going back to the point about values and what your brand stands for you stand very little chance of making that work and making that authentic unless your people are fully bought really? into those values as well. And, and values aren't a set of rules that you give to people. They are expectations that your team create together, your people create together, because that's what everyone collectively has to believe in. Um, and there is an old saying, kind of protect your people, protect your profits. And I think that's absolutely true um and like i say not many brands use their people effectively people don't even put their faces of their teams on their websites or if they do they do ridiculous things like putting the senior directors or the board on the about us page and none of the people that actually make magic happen within a business are in in front of the camera or part of pr and it
1: it helps it helps your staff get no buy into that business and buy into the brand (laughs) if they if they're yeah. if they're, if they're seen as more if they're more valued if if they're yeah. if they're shown on the website, all these little things all help towards your staff actually wanting to work harder yeah. for your business if you do things like
0: absolutely. that. Absolutely, absolutely.
1: No, it's, it's no. I'm, I'm, the other one I, I wanted to just highlight as well, which is is the personal brand aspects. I'm a yeah. big believer of that. I'm a big fan of that. I've done it myself. You no, know, to, to a certain extent. Um, well, what I tend to find, especially a lot of operators this is, it's a thing that I that I always find surprising tour operators or tour guys or whatever are out there telling stories No, they're they're, they're basically natural they should be if they're doing the job well they should be yeah. natural born storytellers yeah but they don't want to see me want to do that in front of camera for some reason It's almost as if it's like a mental block to say oh I don't want to be on film I will want to do that but having that personal brand and showing your own your own ethos your your own values and and, and you mentioned, putting that friendly face in in front of a brand helps massively even if it's even if it's some of your team members or whatever but how is it have you had that issue before with any companies you've worked with in the past and how do you sort of overcome that sort of mental block people have with maybe being on a video
0: yeah it's a it's a tough one because 50 percent of us probably including you as well chris are oversharers love love being um in a room full of people love walking up to the quietest person in the room and asking them a question um love the opportunity to chew the fat and all those kind of things and then 50% of people could not think of anything worse it is their absolute worst nightmare now those kind of people don't tend to go into the profession of being a tour guide um but even if you are kind of confident and full of personality it's still difficult to understand how to leverage that um, with a group of total strangers. Um, I think one of the best things I did, and this is a bit of a side point, but I think it's really interesting. Um, have you ever heard of a methodology called Ikigai? So Ikigai, I can't see I have. So, ikigai is a, a methodology where you divide a piece of paper up into four quadrants um, being um, what am I good at? What do I love? How can I make money? And what does the world need? And it's an exercise that it's worth spending a good few hours on. Come back to it over a period of time and don't try and rush through it all in one go. And just dump as many things as you can in each each of the four quadrants. Um, and then leave it for a bit and come back to it and start to pick out commonalities between each of those four areas. And it's so interesting. And you may think you know yourself and know what makes you tick and know what p- other people see in you, Um but it's a really interesting exercise. And, and for me, um, mine came out as two things. One is to create magical moments from the everyday. So turn kind of everyday normal things in, into something much more fun. Um, and the second thing is to tell extraordinary stories. Hmm. And when that came, I couldn't have got to that point without doing that exercise. so I found it really interesting. And when I look at those statements, that's exactly what I've been doing since I was five years old turning my bedroom into a shop and inviting my family in to buy things off the shelves or um set it set, like making friendship bracelets as a 12 year old taking them everywhere I went to sell to people um using covid as a reason to have a festival in the garden with the kids rather than and sleeping in the tent in the garden rather than sleeping in our own beds it's I I get more excited about turning something average into something interesting than anything else personally and professionally and I think if you can distill down to what it is that makes you feel amazing then the whole personal brand piece will come really easily Um, a lot of people think personal brand is being the loudest person in the room and um having a statement um Dress sense, hairstyle, handbag. It that's not what personal brand is. Personal brand is mm. understanding who you are and how you do good for others, really. How you add value to other people.
1: Yeah. No, I can't agree more. It's again, it's busy to my years and I'm eyes are laughing inside because <laughs> you know, are mentioning about taking you know, your 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 five-year-old and and working you know as a shop in your bedroom and like that yeah. two days ago my my seven-year-old son was doing exactly that he's, He he had a little he had a makeup pizza shop in his in his room and um he's got a, he's got this as every wee boy does or whatever he's got a dream to run and own a pizza shop so he can buy himself a lamborghini that's what he wants to do and,
0: so, i mean <laughs> stay on that track he needs to stay on that track and he'll make it happen because he's clear on what he wants to do i love it it's brilliant
1: so I'm going, to, I'm going to shift gears a little bit and um well, most of the listeners will probably know you from days out being you know in the head of brand and to be honest i think a lot of us actually thought you ran the <laughs> days that you owned it. No, i think that's i think you mentioned that's quite a common misconception because i think you put yourself out there as the sort of face of the brand to a certain extent yeah, so what was it like working alongside those guys and do you have any of the sort of successes you would like to you know share with the, with the community
0: I don't know where to start really. It's such an incredible opportunity. Um, so I joined in January, 2022, um, with the brief of creating a brand that was different to anything else in the industry. So not following the crowd, not trying to kind of dice out a certain kind of piece of the market and just become another OTA. Um, and I had, it is the team I'm stumbling over my words because I don't quite know how to position it but the the people we hired in that business were the best people I think I've ever worked with Um, and I've always been incredibly passionate about being a good leader and a mentoring leader Um, and that's because I started my own business when Um, Well, a long time ago, shall we say. And I had no leadership experience at all. And I thought if I treated people the way I wanted to be treated, then you couldn't go wrong. And oh my gosh, how wrong I was. And I made so many mistakes in micromanaging and not empowering people and making them feel undermined and just all those classic mistakes. And I think ever since then, which is kind of 15 odd years ago it's been really important to me to be an authentic leader. Um, And we hired everyone in that team for free through LinkedIn, no recruitment fees, no costs, um, and proved that you can do that with a job description full of personality and honesty um, and reading and responding to every single application that comes in, even if there's hundreds. And that was Um, (laughs) a lengthy process shall we say but it was worth it so that's one of the things I'm incredibly proud of and I live in Oxford and the office is in Manchester um and for kind of anyone outside the UK who's who's listening to this um that's about a two and a half hour drive each way on a good day um and I initially planned to be in the office once a month for a couple of days and very quickly was in the office weekly for for two days because it was just such a pleasure to be in the company of those people. Um, And we just got so much great stuff done and so much great stuff done quickly. And we launched a full e-commerce site within nine, 10 months selling the top attractions across the UK and doing it how I think it should be done. Customer first, which is everything we've talked about so far. Um, and then I guess the other thing I'm proud of might seem small, but was putting Klan alive alive um, on the site um, and being kind of amongst the first, well, certainly the first kind of fixed attraction ticketing site to do that. There are a couple in years that have it. Um, but just especially over summer holidays, for people having to wait until payday to book an experience or a family day out, it just gave people that extra flexibility um to to plan more easily and I think that was a big thing and it was just such a lot of fun to work with the Klarna guys they're they're a brilliant team um so yeah they're they're the two things I'm I'm most proud of kind of two very different things one tech and innovation and one team
1: yeah no I love that Uh, yeah and I can't Stress enough how good at uh, having a good team behind you makes such a difference, and and I think that's the difference between you no. Know, you mentioned our days out, our OTA, um, OTA, in, in our industry tends to have both positive and negative connotations. Yeah. but I think that the difference between what you guys have is a lot of other OTAs are fairly faceless. Yeah. Whereas you guys, you could see the brand, you could see what yeah. you guys were trying to do. You no, know, you you obviously what you were you, you were doing with the brand and everything else is quite different from a lot of other. OTAs and I think yeah. that's what made you guys stand out and it's to your credit to be honest, because I think you're the other your trip advisors and all these other companies that are OTAs, they've just come across as a sort of faceless, not personable company.
0: Yeah, and no, I, agree.
1: I think you guys I think you guys did that in speed.
0: Yeah, space. thank you, Chris. I appreciate that because it's 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 something we invested a lot of time and effort in. And I think going back to the point about authenticity, we didn't do it because we felt we had to, we did it because we wanted to, and we did it because it, it really kind of underpinned the values of the brand. Um, and for us, from a consumer perspective, um, that was trust and affinity. Um, and a big part of that affinity was show, showcasing people. And then from a B2B perspective, it was um, bespoke authentic relationships. So not just treating partners, attractions, tech providers as a solution to a problem or um profit but building relationships with those people face to face at things like arrival at things like UK Inbound and being out and about as much as possible and really investing in being an integral part of the industry because we're so fortunate to be in this industry we are it is an incredibly supportive industry and I and I saw that when I left days out and the messages started coming in saying let's talk let's meet up um let's Talk about this idea. um It just absolutely reinforced how incredible this this sector really is.
1: Yeah, I can agree. And, and, you, and you, you saw that during the pandemic when everyone was in the same boat. Everyone just got together and on the Tupa tour, tour Tupaenu community and everything else. Everyone was just getting together, offering advice, trying to help each other out, and people who have never met people before just help offering their, their services and advice yeah, and everything incredible. else. It was it was great to see. And again, that's why I love this industry. I, Although it's although tourism and travel and everything else is a, is a massive industry, when it, when it comes to things like experiences and everything else, it's such a close knit little community. It's 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 great to see. But um, they always some some operators will always talk about you no know, our uh, competitors and everything else. But when it actually comes to it, we all want to help each other. And we all you know yeah. it's it's such a great industry. That's why I love it as well. So yeah. Um, so obviously you, you you worked with days out, but yeah. you know, you obviously worked with uh with other companies in the past yeah. you know and not to be confused days out with kids which is a completely yeah. separate business <laughs> to Days out um so what was the sort of main differences between working with a company like days out and say yeah. days out with kids was was your process maybe in branding and things like that similar or did you have to adapt you No, know, but what was the sort of main differences yeah. you think with, with running uh or managing both brands
0: it's interesting that i mean they couldn't be more different and um it's a good few years since I was with um, Day Out with the kids. So I'll speak to kind of where the business was then because they've changed and evolved and come along even further since then and doing some incredibly exciting stuff. Um, So Days Out from day one was a ticketing site. So from day one, it was an e-commerce site selling tickets for the most talked about attractions in the UK. Um, And the challenge was to establish that as a trusted brand, build brand affinity, and drive tra- traffic through um, brand and partnerships, paid um, all of those channels to sell tickets at a healthy as possible margin. Um, so their challenge was traffic and conversion. Whereas Out with the Kids was a directory site, um, and they weren't selling tickets when I was there. They weren't selling any tickets, and the challenge, the opportunity there was that they had over 26 million organic site visits a year coming to the site wow. free. Um, now, all credit to the guy who set it up because what he did was made every single attraction that he listed link back to him. So it was a free listing on the agreement that you linked back to the site. So every single day out in and things to do in, search term, day out with the kids appear top organically so they were getting a huge 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 amount of traffic um so their challenge really was monetizing that traffic because all of those attractions were getting thousands and thousands of click-throughs from day out with the kids and were very happy with that they didn't want day out with the kids to sell tickets at that point because they were getting all that traffic straight through to their site and they owned the customer um so My role there really was to monetize that traffic and I put in a a brand strategy to offer those partners even more traffic and even more exposure. So sponsored listings, boosted listings, featured listings, um, social media packages, blog PR packages to further increase their visibility and that worked really well and that's how we started to really grow revenue when I was there Um, because ultimately millions and millions of families were using the site but nobody knew the brand name whenever you spoke to someone they said oh I think I've been on that site yeah I'm sure I have but they never noticed the name because they were always coming through um an organic search um so like I say they couldn't have been more different really um but both equally exciting challenging transformational opportunities I would say
1: No, excellent, excellent. No, it's, it sounds like you've done quite a lot of work there. So, no, for most of our listeners um, who tend to be more tour operators, tour guides, things like that, um, I think as I mentioned before, I get safe to say that a lot of them are just so busy conducting tours especially after the pandemic and things like that, or people are just so into trying to generate revenue again and things like that. that they don't spend that time they should do on yeah. branding and everything, or even marketing for that, for that, for that matter. But that's a separate story. Um, <laughs> if you were a tour operator today, um, What advice, even if it was just one piece of advice, what advice would you give or what tip would you give them uh, on helping them build a successful brand? Is it the personal touch you mentioned earlier on? Is there anything else you think they could be doing to try and drive more business and drive more revenue to the business?
0: I'm not very good at one, p- just giving one piece of advice. So I'll, try, I'll rat-
1: rattle away.
0: <laughs> <laughs> through a couple of things really quickly. Yes, personal brand, absolutely. And we've talked about that. Knowing and understanding who you are, why you do what you do, and what value that adds. So even if time is really precious, invest a little bit of time in that and, and making sure those values run through everything you do. You, your personality, how you project yourself, your content online, everything. Um, so if, for example, you run ghost tours, coming back to the point that not everyone is your, your customer, understand actually what your point of difference is. So are they family-friendly? Are they the least scary ghost tours in town? Um, are they boozy and perfect for hen and stag parties? Um, are they the most terrifying ghost tours in town and actually you will come away frightened for your life. Um and and make sure you are absolutely clear on that. Invest a little bit of time in in doing that and and getting that messaging and and positioning absolutely spot on. Um, I know so many I mean, you will have heard this a lot at arrival events. People are so overwhelmed by the prospect of using social media or video content, TikTok, those kind of things for their business because they are scared that they can't maintain that presence. They can't do it consistently. Um, So try as much as you can just to build it into your working day. Use your phone. Do it on the move. If you're getting public transport to the centre of Paris to run your tour, then do a piece of camera on your phone, on the bus, saying where you're going what's amazing about that location give some teasers about the tours and and just get it uploaded don't worry about it being ridiculously slick or perfect as long as the sound quality's okay and the lighting's good just crack on and do it um as you're waiting for people to congregate speak to a couple of them why did they book what what are they excited about how did they find you and and use that as content um, do do that as part of the experience and then it it's not kind of get home exhausted at 8 p.m. and start having to think about your your personal brand and, and your marketing channels. Mm-hmm. Um just invest 10-15 minutes a day while you're having your dinner to engage with your audience, comments, questions, um, because that is a gold mine of new business, as far as I'm concerned. Unless you're part of something like Get Your Guide or otherwise then use that to your advantage to drive those kind of direct um, customers
1: mm-hmm. no I, I, I love that and it's something I've been telling operators for years you No, know, the advent of the of the smartphone I know most phones these days recording 4k video there is no real excuse not to record video anywhere you are and even the audio, to me, the, the audio is more important than the visual. As long as the visual is decent enough, it's, it's the audio. It tends to be the thing that you yeah. really need to get right. But even now, there's, there's tools called Adobe uh, Enhance, yeah. which you can, in fact, we'll be using it for this episode. I'll be using it all the time for a podcast where you just upload your audio. If you've been out in the streets and there's maybe a little bit windy like that. and the AI makes it sound as if you're in a studio.
0: I want to. Um, I'm making it's, it's a free tool. There is a paid version as well. Okay. Um, I've only got my giant highlighter um, A uh, podcast enhances fault. <laughs> we'll I'm adding that to I know what else
1: said to the, like, uh, uh, uh. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. So we tend to for, for for these episodes we tend to download the the audio, run it through that, and it does make it sound as if you're right. in a proper studio. That's uh, amazing. It's incredible. So. Even even audio is not an issue these days now. So you can run it through tools like that, and just filming on your phone for five or ten minutes. Out and about. Don't be shy. Just to then publish it on social media channels. It's just yeah. It's it's, I hate to use I I hate the phrase low hanging fruit. I I detest that phrase to be honest, but it is low hanging fruit. (laughs) No, that's it's stuff that you could be doing very very easily. So uh, I
0: think one of the other things that's really important with that is keep it candid. If if you don't quite get your words out as naturally as you wanted to, just carry on. It doesn't matter. People want to see natural conversation. Um, if someone kind of pops their head in shot behind you, carry on. Just ask them if they if they mind you using it publicly. Um, but all of those kind of quirks and oddities that happen in real life, keep them in, um, which goes back to the kind of point we are talking about before, about humanizing your brand. And it might be that, you become known for the fact that you all of your content is filmed on the bus on on the way into the city or um, something else like that. that. That that's great. Or over while you're having your breakfast, like use it to your advantage. Become known for the way you create content.
1: Yeah, and and, and I think these days that's you no know, people don't mind that just because of the advent of social media, it's, it's it's content that people just easily digest and they don't care if you're in your dressing gown filming yeah. you know if like one musician has became famous for creating music and singing while in his dressing gown you know, so it's like <laughs> so, you know that's that's uh you know, so that so there we go so it does it, it, your, your sort of theory is correct but Catherine, i've 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 really enjoyed this chat um you no know, branding uh, uh brand development is something as a subject really close to my heart but i can't let you go before asking your final question in terms of what's your next adventure what's next for Catherine? What, what are you looking forward to doing next now that you're you're no longer with days out
0: um, so I'm going to be offering brand um, development, brand proposition services to help people really understand a lot of the things we've talked about today um, to feel a bit more confident in getting their brand out there with a very clear and direct tone of voice um, in a very commercial way that isn't just an add on so that they feel they're ticking the brand box, but they can actually see tangible commercial results from the investment of time they're making. In their brand so yeah watch out be scared everybody um I've got some um ideas for some content coming for LinkedIn very soon I'm going to do some live stuff I'm going to do some webinars to give people a bit more taster of, of what I can offer so yeah watch this space
1: I'll be I'll be looking out for that. So if someone did want to contact you, what's the best way? LinkedIn, um, email, or
0: absolutely LinkedIn. Yeah, you'll find me. There's not a huge amount, of Catherine Morrelows, on on LinkedIn. Um, you'll see my my big happy face there. So yeah, please do connect. I'd I'd love to chat to people. Um, I'm a very open and honest person. Sometimes too honest. I'll always give you my feedback and um thoughts on something and hopefully there's an opportunity to see people at some of the the trade events coming up in the next couple of months as well
1: no i appreciate it again catherine again thank you so much no it's it's a lot of what you said is music to my ears and hopefully some of the listeners will take some snippets away that to help them build their own brands and think about using video or thinking about being a bit more personable in their brand and their messaging and everything else and At the end of the day, it all helps. It all helps build your brand, build your business and hopefully generate some extra revenue, which everyone's trying to do. So so Thanks. thanks again for your time.
0: Thank you.